is Kristen Hedgecock. And I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to App. Welcome to Apti Sophia. My name's Ash Matson. I'm here with my fellow host, Kristen Hedgecock. Hello. Hey guys. And today we are recording an episode on giving your husband the leftovers. Not like actual food leftovers. Yeah. But whatever's left over, the little bits that are left over of you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. If we're even willing to hand that over. Right. Most of us are not. Most of us are not willing or like, yeah, we don't give him first choice. The f- we get we get to the best parts, the best parts. We let him whatever is left over. If there's anything, maybe he gets that. Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> if we feel like it. Yeah. So we're going to have a chat about that. But mm-hmm. before we get to the meat of the episode, we're going to talk about the most important thing we talk about in any episode. And that is our would you rather question. And our would you rather question for this week is from Rachel Lane. We just did an awesome episode with her on um, extending hope to abortion-minded mothers. Mm -hmm. Definitely go listen to that if you haven't yet. But her would you rather question was, would you rather do a vacation in a busy city? Oh, those were cats. Cats in a broom. Sorry. In a busy city and do all of the touristy stuff. uh, Usually demons. Demons. Demons in the house. Um, Yeah, just Ryan. Okay. Um, would you rather vacation in a busy city and do all the touristy stuff, or would you like to vacation like out in nature, out in the country, and just chill? Can it be secluded? Yeah. And be secluded and slow. Hashtag slow living. Slow living. <laughs> all right, you go first. Ooh. I think that the vacation of seclusion sounds really nice. But that typically isn't my personality. I like to do all the things and see all the things and be the tourist. And so I'd probably want to do the city with all the touristy things. Yeah, so you have a healthy curiosity about the world that I am lacking in. <laughs> I, saw I saw someone post. That's a good way, a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, have, I saw someone post something uh, recently and I I cannot remember, or I would give credit to whoever, but they were reading something about, like, what it meant to be a man of intelligence, mm. and I'm just eavesdropping, because clearly I'm a woman. I can't Right. Well, you're not intelligent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're just kidding. Um, but it was talking about having a curiosity. Like, if you... <clears throat> If you're a person that, like, is nurturing or fostering an intellect, that you are a curious person and you're asking, you're interested in other people's stories mm-hmm. and learning from other people and learning about the world. And when you have spare time, you're not flipping through your phone. Mm-hmm. You're taking those ideas that you've gathered and you're mulling over them. Yeah, that's mind. totally mean. Me. I wish. <laughs> me too. I wish that was me. I'm like, Kristen, watch this TikTok. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> talking about we just watched that like I don't know if you guys have seen that um the trend this is why our episodes are so long because we're not even talking about anything and we're not even talking about our would you rather at this point but, but where they're ahead, doing do the, like the rap where they tell yeah. a story but they're doing it to that like hip-hop yeah. beat and they're like rapping the uh-huh. story but usually without rhyming anything it's really mm-hmm. funny and there's <clears> one <throat> about a guy that just got uh, stuck in a Dunkin' Donuts oven, playing a game of hide-and-seek with his coworker. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm mulling over as a woman of intellect. Um, anyway, so you are somebody who 
would actually want to go out and see the world. That's a good thing. Yeah. But it also isn't a bad thing to, like, recognize, hey, I really need some rest and to, like, recharge my batteries. Mm -hmm. So what happens is I just, when I go on vacation, I'm usually more exhausted. After going on vacation, then I was leaving vacation and, you know, that's not always great either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lexi and Brian from Bright Hearth mm-hmm. podcast, Kristen and I both really like it. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it before, go listen. Uh, Brian's a pastor. I forget where they live. Utah. Utah? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But they do like a husband and wife um, podcast. And their first season was going through all the rooms of the home and talking about like the family yeah. and how it functions. That was so, great. so cool. But mm-hmm. they did one about travel. Mm. And they did one about like basically saying that like, One of the things they said that was really cool is that your home should be a place of rest in such a way that you're not trying to escape it when you go on vacation. Mm. And so... That's what it is. My home is so restful. Must be. It must be where I just... Super holy. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need to go somewhere else to rest. Right. Because you are... already is. You created that sanctuary for your family. Yeah. Um, But they were talking about because of that, you are able to, or you should be using travel as a productive thing. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't do fun things or rest, but sure. I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. That said, that said, I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm like, I would love to go. I like camping. <clears throat> yeah. I really like being out in nature. Which that's productive. That's not a right. That's not relaxing. I can't say that camping is. Relaxing I think it is in. It's kind of nice. You could just kind of sit, I like, definitely, sitting around a fire. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know me. I love camping. You love camping, yeah, and um, hiking. And hiking and all those things. Um, and camping is relaxing in that your life is really simple when you're camping, mm-hmm. and you're kind of forced to, like, go to bed and hang out around a campfire because it's too dark to, like, do anything that you're not going to get eaten. You know, like you can't wander too far from oh, your tent right. at night because you're, you might get eaten or something. Um, so you just start hanging out around the campfire, having fellowship. So there, there is some rest built into camping, but I'm incredibly exhausted at the end of a camping day. Yeah, you don't get very good sleep. I've never, I've never felt like I got good sleep camping. No. And I usually stay up way later than I normally would because talking around a campfire is just, there's something about it, especially when you go with friends. Yeah. You end up like divulging all of your deepest secrets. Um, Yeah, I love camping. Um, Not with kids. Not yet. (laughs) It gets better. I feel like it will. I feel like I say this. Oh my gosh. Camping, especially this year with my kids. So my youngest is six, my oldest is 13. I mean, they pretty much. They set up the tents. Like, we just have it down. Like, they just know when we get there, we're setting up the tent. You're getting your sleeping bags. They're, like, they're helpful. Yeah. Whereas before it was just me. Yeah. Because, I mean, I love my husband, but he he doesn't love camping. So Not his favorite. It's not his favorite. So it's typ- typically me and the kids, and then I would always meet a friend or family at the campground. Yeah. And so it was a lot of work. What what is Scott's like vacation style? Is he on board with you and all the touristy stuff, or is he more like laid back? Um, I think he's he definitely likes to have down days, um, and I do too. Like I I do too. 
Um, but there's definitely like every, how we've compromised is we'll do a day of tourism and a day of like pool beach. Yeah. A day of touristy things, kind of more relaxing, maybe go for a long drive mm-hmm. um, around wherever we are. So, and I'm fine with that. Like mm-hmm. then we, you know, listen to podcasts together or audiobooks together or sermons together. And it's a lot of fun. I have fun with him no matter what we end up doing. So. Yeah. Cities are maddening. I, I lived downtown for how, how many years was it? Like two years, you think, babe? Yeah. About two years. And then I lived in West Seattle for like four, something like that. Three, four years. Um, yeah, I would never And I worked in Seattle. In I worked city. in Seattle that whole time in downtown. Yeah. No thanks. And I loved it because yeah. I was young and I had energy. And mm-hmm. now I go back because Ryan works in Seattle, downtown Seattle. And it just, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are nuts. Yeah. I never liked just, the city. I'm to so like judgy live when in. I drive through the city. I'm like, <laughs> look at these people. Look at these people. It's so, yeah. Um, in here like sardines looking like circus people. Yeah. <laughs> But I liked, like, Scott and I went to New York City, Mm -hmm. and that was a really fun experience. I would never want to live there. Want to live there. Mm -hmm. That is just that life is not appealing. And plus, I was afraid of getting eaten by the subway station doors, so, or the subway doors. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how do people have children and not be afraid that the subway is just going to, like, snap you in two? Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Good chat. <clears throat> Good chat. Uh, <laughs> head over to our Facebook or Instagram and weigh in um, on this topic. And then for our next episode, our Would You Rather comes from Charity Morales. Uh, it says, would you... Oh, wait. Not that one. <laughs> would you rather have to take a 10-minute ice bath every night or have to walk into a door frame full of spider webs every time you walked through your door? It's just horrid. It's horrid and so dramatically different from the one we just asked. So we're going to do that on our next episode. So um, let's talk, dive right into our main topic for today. Mm -hmm. Um, Where should we start? Yeah. Well, I can start a little bit because I think this one was my idea. Um, So when Ash and I bring topics to talk about, it's usually stuff that we have had to work out in our own lives or are working out in our own lives or anticipate working out in our own lives. <clears throat> and so one thing that I, I've had to work out and I'm still working out and will probably need to work out for the rest of my life is um, not being tempted to make my husband last. And it can feel like... Um, that you have so many other contending priorities that are especially, I think, when you have younger kids, when it's like, well, I can't ignore feeding the baby. Well, I can't ignore changing the diaper. I can't ignore dinner. And where all these things kind of pile up and it's kind of like a Tetris stack and your husband just keeps getting pushed down and down further to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And because my just, I think anybody's natural approach to just, handling tasks are like just kind of whack-a-moleing issues <clears throat> without being thoughtful in planning and that's definitely my 
I just whack-a-mole issues. Um, and I have to really fight combating, um, combating just whacking issues so much that I never really address or am proactive in relationships like, you know, my marriage with my husband. And I know that I'm not the only one who is tempted by this or needs to work through this. Um, I think otherwise um, there would be no divorces. There would be, you know, plenty of happy marriages, which of course I'm, you know, there are, but it just is an issue that I see um, that is common with um, women, especially in our childbearing years and when we're raising children to really make our husbands and their needs and their wants and their preferences just that doesn't matter right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Can we start? <clears throat> I think it'd be good to say out the, out of the gate um, because I can imagine that some of the pushback is going to be, but look at all these things I am doing for our family. Absolutely. So I think Kristen and I probably agree on God made woman to be the helper to the man. Mm-hmm. And when we are working in our home, we are helping our husband in the way that God calls us to. So it's not it's not that that work is some separate thing and then we also have to make sure we're fulfilling this role after the Oh no, I almost <laughs> knocked my coffee over. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um that we have to fulfill this role after the kids go to bed and it's like this right. there's there is a blending of those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, but God made us not only to be the helper to our husband, but also his companion. And I think right. that that is more what is lost Yeah. after, like, our day is over mm-hmm. and our husband is home from work. And those, like, the duties of, like, um, cooking the meal and doing the dishes and mm-hmm. caring for the kids and bathing and bedtime and all of that were like, I'm tired. Look at all the stuff I did for you. Yeah. Good night. Right. Right. And then we get into a place where kind of what you're saying is I'm doing all these things, which those words have left my mouth. Like I'm doing all these things. I'm cleaning the house. It's, you know, I'm homeschooling the kids. Like I am serving you in that way. Mm -hmm. And of course he, you know, he sees that and it's not, you know, that's not, he's not complaining or or like bringing my attention to anything lacking in those areas. But to what you were saying, just that companionship and just the thoughtfulness of others, um, of the other person gets lost. And, you know, we also just can kind of come in a point in our marriages where we look at the other person too, or I look to my husband and I just ask, well, how... How are you fulfilling me? Like, that's how we can turn right. it. We don't actually, you know, our temptation would be, well, what is he doing for me? Like, I'm doing all these things, like, objectively for right. him. But what is he doing for me? And, you know, there are a few times I've given, that I've given marriage counsel um, to engaged couples or newly newly married couples. And they usually ask, like, what what piece of advice do you have to offer for, um, for us, you know, getting married. And, um, it's advice that I got as a newly married couple or as a newly married woman. And that is to outserve one another, to not think about 
what we need, but to think about how we can better serve the other person. And it falls in step with, like, consider others more highly than you do yourself. And, um, but that usually at some point, especially during kids, just, it just, we fail to do that. We fail to, right. s- to think, how can I serve my husband? How can I be thinking about how I decorate the house? Or how can I think about, you know, where, where does his needs come in when I'm preparing dinner or when I'm buying clothes for the kids or like where, how am I making him the forefront of my thoughts and making him feel special and prioritized and that type of thing. Um, Oftentimes we get into a place of like, we just get defensive and ugly and like, well, I am doing all these things and I'm checking the boxes and I'm, you know, crossing things off the list. And so what are you doing for me? And I just get, get really ugly really fast. I think there's validity in that too, because once, I mean, I think about this often, like once you're a grown adult, no yeah. one's really taking care of you. Yeah. Like you don't have that, that thing that you grew up with as a kid where somebody's looking out for you. Somebody mm-hmm. is there to provide or to give yeah. comfort or, yeah, <clears throat> I think a part of us kind of wants that. Sure. And so I think there could be validity to that in saying, right. I do need you to lighten my load. Yeah. In some way. I need to feel cared for mm-hmm. from you. So I don't think that. Right. So if both people are focused on serving one another, those needs are going to Absolutely. get met. And so that's my yes. point is both people need to focus and, and still maintain the attitude of how can I serve you? Yeah. Because and, the, yeah. at the end of the day, all those things, especially when you have little, little kids, all of those things that hold your attention that you're like. I just am pouring myself out so much in these areas mm-hmm. that I don't have anything left. At some point, right. those things are not going to be as big a thing in your life anymore. Right. And your relationship with your husband is still going to be there. And where you stand there could be dramatically different depending on how you nurture that when it's easiest to neglect it. Right. You could find out, like, your children are grown. Mm-hmm. They don't need nearly as much from right. you. You have your systems in place. Your house is easier to keep up with and your husband and you are estranged estranged yeah and we don't want that right that's the primary focus and god gave us each other husband and wife right to be the people in our to be the person in our mm-hmm. lives to be concerned about like i need to have concern in a different way not in a motherly parental way right but in a in a different way in a wifely way in a helper way in a companion way to really look to the needs of my husband and likewise him. But again, this is a podcast about women. So our main focus is going to be about wives. What can you do? But like, likewise to husbands of, you know, how can you look to and see and care for, you know, your wife and the things that she needs. And if both of you are looking to the other's interests um, more higher than your own interests, both are going to be fulfilled. Right. So um, <clears throat> one of the topics that I wanted to cover under this is just how we can make him um, a priority with our time. And I know it is, there are just some seasons that are just really, it's really challenging to do this when 
particularly when you have newborns and you are up every hour or two and you're just exhausted physically, mentally, <clears throat> all of all of all of it. <laughs> and it is really hard to give your husband any more time because you just think I know I've thought um, I I just deserve to just nap whenever I absolutely positively can and not think about how lonely and isolated your husband might feel by you know having his companion his best friend preoccupied rightfully so mm-hmm. you know you have a newborn um <clears throat> you have young kids or whatever rightfully so preoccupied but just that even like okay how do we create a plan so that i so that i'm given rest so that i can tend you know to your needs or just you know pour in a little bit to this relationship so um so our time in that. And I think part of it is just, like I said, just needing to plan and not have just addressing issues whack-a-mole style, but um, trying to have some kind of foresight and plan with each other of like, how can we schedule time so that I'm getting the rest that I need so that I can feel like I'm rested and also give quality time. I want to make time for us and make sure that we have that. So how can we, you know, create, where do you see us time fitting in or whatever it is? And a lot of times I think, especially as women, the things that we're preoccupied with are, are, they seem like necessities. Yeah. It's generally not leisure. Like women are generally, especially in our circles are generally not spending all this time on their embroidery during these years. They're like, right. Do I need to cut back on my embroidery? Like it's, it's like they have so many things on their to-do list that they're like, I just don't have more to give. And there are ways practically for you to look at that and ease your own load in some ways, Mm -hmm. or give your husband ways that he can come alongside you. If you're up super often with the baby Mm -hmm. and it's, and you are stretched so thin you can't give any of your time or attention to your husband, you can come to your husband and give him actionable things that he could do to lighten your load. Right. He can get up with the baby right. sometimes. He And I'm I'm not usually that person that's like 50-50. Has to be equal. Like, my right. husband sleeps. Yeah. I breastfeed. He doesn't have the equipment. Right. Both of us don't have to be up. But if it was an <clears throat> impediment to us ever mm-hmm. – coming together in some way, you know, yeah. of course. Um, I think that there are ways that we can scale back. Kristen has said this a lot. Um, and it's just one of my favorite pieces pieces of advice from her is just continue to take things off your plate until things seem manageable. Pair mm-hmm. back as much as possible. Right. And usually you apply this to homeschooling, but I think it goes to so many things. Are you spending so yeah. much time doing like good works, but good works to all kinds of people that aren't your husband. Exactly. Can you scale back on any of that? Um, Can you ask your husband if you can get a mother's helper a day a week? Or if you can, yeah, if you need a nap like that, sometimes that's for me. I know that I will pass out once the kids are in bed if I don't take a nap during the day. Mm -hmm. So making that possible for myself Mm -hmm. is 
a priority in those times, especially when I was pregnant. I'm like, there's no way I'm staying up after the kids are in bed. (laughs) And that's our only time to talk and for me to hear about his day and for all of those things to happen. So I would make sure that I got a nap and I would Mm -hmm. plan our whole day around that nap so that I would be able to do that. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean like keep everything on your plate and just work harder. Right. And apologize to your husband for not fitting him in. It's more like, you know. Right. Like I need this in order to, I want to make you a priority. So I need rest. And so in order to be able to spend, you know, two to three hours later, you know, at night to be with you. So I'm going to take a nap. But I'm the same way. I did the same thing, particularly when I have kids. And there are times during you know, during the month where my energy just is zapped entirely. And I will literally like fall asleep mid conversation. This happened like last month where Scott and I were talking and I fell asleep mid conversation. And I just, I mean, there, I just get zapped. And so, and sometimes there just isn't a good way, like particularly, and I'm just bringing up the newborn phase because I think that's a really common time in a couple's, um, life in, in a marriage that is just a, particularly if it's your first, just a really big area of adjustment. And even like for my husband, it was really, it's really validating for him, even if he looks at our time clock just and says, you're right. There really isn't time for us to have date night. Cause you just had a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not realistic, but thank you for thinking of me. Sometimes it's just for him, even the thought of me thinking and bringing it up. So again, this is stuff that I'm all working on. I'm not naturally a, um, I am a crisis triage. I'm a really good nurse, but that doesn't make a very good, like, partner in a relationship because if it isn't in crisis mode it isn't brought up to my attention right and sometimes when there's relationship crisis then yeah then there's there's a lot of damage that can go on with that and you can't let your marriage constantly go into relation or crisis mode in order for it to be brought to your attention so right I loved what you were saying about being intentional about like how can we fit this in um in those seasons where you are really stretched just because I'm in one right now, mm-hmm. um, it can be really helpful to say, like, okay, once the kids are in bed, we're going to read a chapter of scripture together. Have that time. Like, have an activity. Yeah. This is the t- trigger or the signal. Once this happens, we're going to do this. Keep it really short and manageable, but make sure you're doing something. Like, yeah. I feel like we can tend to unwind with our phones, mm-hmm. and there's kind of this, like, trope or this joke about, being in the same room and sending memes to each other from across the room and that's how you're interacting. Yeah. Like there are better ways. You could pick up a book and say, we're going to read through this book together and we're just yeah. going to read a few paragraphs a night and talk about it mm-hmm. or whatever it is that is like connecting you guys as far as conversation goes or spiritually mm-hmm. and keep it manageable and short. Yeah. Those things seem, cause I think we can, at least I can come up with these grand ideas about, Every night I'm going to make a charcuterie tray and we're going to have, <laughs> we're going to play cards one night and then this night we're going to do this and it's yeah. going to be, you know, it's just not, keep it manageable. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that is really good. Keeping things manageable. Yeah. You're more likely to do them. Mm-hmm. And when you're exhausted, make sure it's something that is attainable where you can go into it and say, 
no matter how I feel, I know that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And generally, always you come out of that feeling better. Yes. At least in my experience. Like, you might go into it being like, okay, let's just read this and get it over with. Right. But it's a good, like, yeah, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. It lightens things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good advice. Um, I think another area, and this I'm speaking to, like, in a different season, um, is it is really easy. So I'm in a season where I have um, older kids. My oldest is 13. Uh, 13, 11, 8, and 6 are my kids' age spans. And so I'm in the season kind of a little bit different than Ashes, where I am sleeping through the night, but my my evenings can be very, very full of sports and activities and mm-hmm. youth group, discipleship, whatever we're calling it, um, small groups. And so, um, yeah, just being really mindful and like Ash was saying, um, just scaling back until there's peace in the home, until there's um, some kind of stability where you're not overscheduling. I know um, of women who intentionally will schedule ladies' nights or um, multiples ladies' nights um, and with the intention of like, well, my husband's going to be home and if I'm busy or get home late, I don't have to, you know, give him attention. He'll be asleep already. And to me, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. It's That is not a recipe of a healthy place to be in a marriage um you need marriage counseling if yeah, that's something's really what's going broken. on that yeah. is yeah there's something really really broken in an underlying symptom if you are likewise I mean men do it too they stay they go out with guy friends after work meeting at the bar you know coming in really late going for poker night hanging out in the garage it's just active avoidance um and um, and waiting until their wife is asleep. And that is just, if that is your marriage that's um, concerning and you need help because mm-hmm. uh, you're on a really fast track to um, not good places. Yeah. Yeah. I think that leads into sexual intimacy because I'm yeah. assuming that's what the people with those women are avoiding. Yes. Generally yeah. not like, he wants to talk about my feelings. Right. I don't feel like it's like, <laughs> that's usually not what they're avoiding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come together with your husband as often as possible. Yeah. Don't neglect that. Yeah. Even if he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. If your husband is okay with not any kind of sexual intimacy, um, there's a real, you guys, again, you need help. That's not biblical. Um, there's only one reason, well, two reasons that I can think of off the top of my head in scripture that allow for abstinence in a marriage. Um, one is just hor- um, delivery, birth, monthly stuff, and the other one is dedicated to prayer. So if one of those things aren't not going on. happening, yeah, and it's been weeks and months since anything has happened, again, that is a really big symptom of a much, much deeper problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah. There is a there is such a difference in I really feel like the devil uses this as a foothold in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a, a major difference between like the dynamic in a relationship when you're coming together frequently 
and when you're not. Mm-hmm. Like I just not yeah. it, it extends beyond the physical. There's something yeah. more to the, connecting in that way. Mm-hmm. Push for that. Yeah. If you like um I mean Kristen and I have talked about this a lot in other episodes as far as like figure out what's going on with your hormones. Um, if you have any like issues in your marriage, you need to work through all those things. We've talked about all that, but really push for it, um, in as much as you can. And I think one of the best pieces of advice, I feel like pastor Brandt talked about this in our marriage bed episode where he's talking about scheduling Mm -hmm. and being, because it gives you this opportunity to prepare yourself mentally, physically, to yeah. go into it with a good attitude, to know what to expect, mm-hmm. to not feel like it's being sprung on you or like, yeah, you know, or oh, like, I wonder he'd... if right. he's going to, I'm so tired and right. I wonder if he's going to go for it and I hope he doesn't because I just right. want to go to sleep. None, all that's taken off the table, all that right. up and down, mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen right. type stuff. Yeah. So I think that is a good thing to bring up in, in this context. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely needing to schedule stuff and um yeah can take a lot of that off uh my last point really that I wanted to bring up is um where unless you had more to talk about I'll see what what you're about oh yeah no the last point was really like how are you um how are you keeping your husband in the forefront of your mind when it comes to your home this is just a little bit more practical Mm -hmm. um uh, how you decorate, where you put things. Um, I, do you have, is, is your home a reflection of just you and your decorating style is just a reflection of, um, your tastes or is there other things or does your husband even have any kind of influence or say in what, in what is reflected in the house? Absolutely, Because yeah. there are two people that are living in the, at least two people living in the house. Um, and it would just be odd to me, just as it would be odd to have, to walk into a house that was bubblegum pink with faux fur furniture and leopard print whatever, and to have it be a married couple, we would go like, what's happening here? Just anyway, we would go, what's happening here? <laughs> Did Barbie decorate? <laughs> But then to have like, and a man is living here, it would equally be concerning if it was all like dead animal heads on the wall and, you know, everything is uncoordinated and ask ourselves, does, is there a woman living here? So I think there needs to be a balance. Um, I th- can't remember if it was Rachel or Rebecca. I th- think it was Rebecca in one of her... Um, when she was talking about decorating and she was trying to get her husband's opinion on, they were like redoing their kitchen or something. I think something it was, like Re- so we're talking about Rebecca Merkel. If yes. this is your first time listening, um, so many good resources from Rachel and Rebecca on Canon plus. Yes. Um, their podcast, what have you, mm-hmm. um, is excellent. And so she was just chatting about when they were re, um, renovating their kitchen she was trying to get her husband's input because nothing she was presenting like was really sparking his interest at all. And, um, as most men, um, it's, you know, having a hard time, uh, articulating articulating style and design and all that other kind of stuff. And he had said to her, like, 
this just this picture and she found this picture of this gorgeous like kitchen in this, you know, home and gardens magazine or wherever it was in. Right. And he's like, that that just looks like it smells like bleach or whatever. Yeah, it smelled totally. like cleaner. Yeah, right. And he's like, Sterile. I just wanna yeah. I when I walk into a kitchen, I want it to smell like bread or I don't remember exactly, but he yeah. wanted to smell good. He wanted the when he walked into a kitchen, he wanted to be able to imagine that there were good things happening, good things cooking, lots right. of flavors, and not just the sterile thing. So she, you know, took her husband's consideration into her decorating um, or renovating. And she was excited about it. She was it. excited. She was like, I she can was like work oh, with I this. can work I with get this. It. Yeah. And it was so great. And, you know, um, and her kitchen turned out fabulous. You know, she um, I've just knocked it out of the party. handmade tiles there's all these different they're things they're insanely that she, talented yeah. and yes, very they're like, like hands-on self-proclaimed yeah. diy um masters uh, yeah they're <laughs> they're really fabulous yeah. but anyway he gave her something that she could <clears throat> run and take and with and um revolve her decorating and renovating style around and it wasn't just what she liked Right. You know, it was something that was reflective of him. And, um, you know, same with my husband. I have a very, like, farmhousey kind of look to it. But my husband loves, like, distressed metal and a little bit more industrial um, look to things. And so, you know, I incorporate a lot of that into how I decorate my house. Yeah. And, you know, because I want it to be a reflection of him. We've all, at least at some point in our lives have walked into a house where we wonder is there a man living here or is there a woman that is living here is this a bachelor pat like what yeah. am, what am I walking into right. yeah. you know and so just um keeping your husband's uh interests um and how he you know prefers things um not in a only decorating like a man sense but um just you know things and elements that reflect his tastes too. Yeah. Well, your husband is going out and he's working. I mean, he might be working from home or have his own business, but at least in my case, my husband's going out and working. <clears throat> he does hard labor, like in Seattle, yeah. hours away. Or not hours away, but sometimes, sometimes depending on depends on the, <laughs> on the traffic. Yeah. It's generally like 45 minutes to like two hours of a drive to get there. Um, <clears throat> but when he comes home, he sees the fruit of his labor. Yeah. Because everything that I'm doing in the home is taking the money that he's made and turning it into something. Like, what is he working for? Mm -hmm. He's he's distanced from it all day. And when he comes home, what is what is he getting? And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> can, some days. Can some day some days it's pretty chaotic. But um that has been something that's been on my heart a lot more lately. Like he is he getting like a good meal at night? Yeah. Is he coming home to a place where he feels like he can rest? Right. And like you said, is it a place that is his own? Like, does it have his touch on it too? Yeah. Because it's his, like it's ours, but yeah. it's his too. It's not just mine. Right. It's not, he doesn't leave and I rule the roost in right. an ultimate sense. And he doesn't have a say, he just gives me his paycheck. It's, right. you know, yeah. And I think that creating a sanctuary in your home for your whole family, but your husband and 
feeding, like food is big mm-hmm. for a lot of men and big for my husband. Like my husband's not a big cooker. He doesn't really think about food until he's starving. And so that's yeah. the thing is like he'll be starving and I yeah. need to put food in his hands as right. often as he's starving. That matters a lot. Yeah. And and yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sexual intimacy is a huge one. Mm-hmm. And quality time, like being able to talk to each other and hear, like be your, be a wise counselor and a friend to your husband. Yeah. Cause a lot of the time, like your husband doesn't have, like you said, I love that you say soft place to land. Yeah. There aren't a lot of soft places for a man to land in the world. Not if they're going to do what they have to do for their family. So if he's crying on his buddy's shoulder at work, something's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) He should be able to come to you and share his heart with you. Right. And you got to have time and the capacity to give him that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I like it. Yeah, so those were all the points that I um, basically had talking about scheduling our time and our calendar well. And because um, that's one thing that I tend to overcommit um, our family to things. And he's like, hey, did you not? Like, we don't have one day this week where we're together just as a couple or as a family. And, you know... Like, is that time important to you? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, so. So, until next time. Go love God, go love your husbands, and go love your kids. Cool.